Hi everyone, Portent here. Welcome back to the Unajua Learning Series where we present crowdsourced minimum actionable responses to important questions in 15 minutes or less. This is the second episode in a two-part series unpacking the question, what does it take for a Ugandan research insights startup to become a commercial success? It is presented by Ugandan founder and researcher Peter Kisada. But before we get into the episode, here's a quick update about the African Tech Roundup social token. Now, last week Wednesday, June 16th, we published the first installment of a special two-part mini-series featuring Social Stack co-founder and CEO Andrew Berkowitz in conversation with African Tech Roundup's co-founder and executive producer Andile Masu. Andile and Andrew unpacked the merits of leveraging our blockchain-enabled social token to power African Tech Roundup's paradigm. Do I envisage a world where, you know, the African Tech Roundup could exit to the community completely? Well, it's really hard for me as as one of the, you know, the co-founders of the platform to actually imagine that. But perhaps, you know, I need to build a stomach for it and a humility for for appreciating that at some point I might not be here anymore and... I want to be able to leave behind a regime that basically ensures that there is a compass for for keeping the platform on mission. This is a micro conversation to a macro trend. And that macro trend is essentially the death of the celebrity. People don't want to be talked to the way that Hollywood talks to people. People want community conveners that stand up for their beliefs and engage them and make them feel like they're a part of the conversation. The links are in the show notes wherever you're listening right now. The second part of the conversation drops this Wednesday, June 23rd. So do look out for that. Now back to the show. Fun fact, Peter Kisada is a huge fan of the Red Bull Formula One racing team. And so Max Verstappen's performance at the French Grand Prix qualifying rounds that landed him on pole position this weekend for sure got Peter excited. We are grateful to have Peter pour some of that enthusiasm into factoring in on whether an African research insights startup can be commercially viable and suggesting what the biggest unseen business opportunities in Africa's research space might be. Is it possible for an African research insight startup to be commercially viable? For someone who has tried to build a solution that provides exactly this, my first instinct is yes, because I still think, it, I still genuinely believe it's possible. However, what I would add as a qualifier is someone has to be creative around the approach. And I would be specific here, uh, the creativity has to surround uh, the business model, but then also realize that it, the industry is in its infancy and things may not really pan out as anyone would expect. And I'm not saying that, you know, it happens overnight for every industry, but I think the wait time might be a little bit longer for someone who is actually building a research setup in Africa, because we've been used to research coming from established companies like, you know, McKinsey, Brookings and all these other, you know, institutions. 
this has always been sort of top-down approach. And even if that happens, VNIF doesn't really provide the best of insights into a problem, into an opportunity, or into, you know, status of things, we can easily run out with that. So there is always that, you know, mentality that has, you know, all these institutions that have established a sort of a track record and have already trusted. But if you're trying to build a research setup in a market like this, you're trying to go you know, a little bit further than what has been done. You've identified this problem and you know that, yes, despite all these institutions being here, they've really been you know, tap dancing around what actually needs to be um, done. But even with that, I think you need to have a lot of patience because the industries that appreciate this research across the continent, the individuals that appreciate, they are also in their infancy. So commercial viability might be a question of, you know, time in the market, you know, really, really having to hold in there. But then also going back to what I said initially, which is around creativity, uh, you need to be open to a lot of avenues that may not be uh, perhaps op- viable in other markets like the West. There are some partnerships you might have to take on. You may not be able to go... Um, uh, the route of you know charging for everything for you know from you know the final consumers to rather say you know what you're going to strike partnerships with maybe corporates maybe you're going to you know uh, take on funding from donor institutions to fund certain research like Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I think it requires a lot of creativity in your approach to it, but the definite answer, of course, is I generally believe that yes, one can build a research startup that is homegrown across you know Africa. We always see people throw around the fact that Africa is the last frontier globally. It's something that you know, we cannot afford to deny any longer. But because it has been thrown around, it's easier to you know, take it as sort of a cliche and all this. But it's true. And because that's the fact means that there's so much that needs to be done. And research is one of the areas that need to be appreciated. And it's just a matter of time that it comes out on top and people start giving it its rightful place on the table when it comes to building the future of the continent. We urgently need research that is at par with you know, the pace of the continent. Research that is answering either questions of the present or the immediate future, not questions of the past. Most of the research that takes place across the continent is not funded by those that it affects. It's funded by those that hope to you know, benefit from the continent. And you know, most of the time, you're looking at development you know, institutions, development agencies or donor countries, you know, they do this at, you know, intervals that suit their agendas, not intervals that actually directly cater to the needs of the continent as well as, you know, the countries of the continent. We desperately need timely research. To take it out of uh, sort of the macroeconomic uh, point of view to just the innovation space, if we are slow on the macro level, which actually macro level is, you know, is way, way slower than innovation. So if you're looking at innovation, if you're looking at technology to be the driver of the growth of the continent, which I generally believe is going to be. Like if you look at a company like Flutterwave, started in 2016, just clocking five years and is, is you know, valued at a billion dollars employing, you know, coming to thousands of people directly and indirectly, bringing so much value to the continent, these are the companies that are going to define the Africa of the future. Now, uh, uh, such ecosystem, the innovation ecosystem, cannot rely on research that is even a year old, you know, even two years old. But right now, it's relying on data that is five years old. So 
I think that's the unseen, not really highlighted opportunity of can we provide data that is at par with the pace of growth of the continent. The sort of business opportunities that this presents, I would like to use the word enormous because, I mean, if you're building something around this, you're all of a sudden attracting interest, not only from the continent itself, but from those that wish to benefit from the continent because the continent is the last true frontier on all fronts, you know, in terms of human labor, in terms of resources, in terms of tourism, in terms of arable land, in terms of even technology itself. The continent is the last place on earth to feel the full potential of the technology revolution that we are currently going through and yet to go through. So with that said, it means that those that are building all these, you know, products, the countries they are building in, the companies themselves are very much interested in seeing that there is timely research about the continent. So whoever is going to build that, whoever is building that, or wants to build that, the economic upside is really, really glaringly clear. You have a company like Huawei, you have a company like Microsoft, Google, Facebook, they're all right now actively interested in the continent. You have a country like China, you know, you have a country like India, countries that are coming up with white papers with policies that are clearly attuned to the continent. But then even within the continent, you have a country like Rwanda that's trying to position itself as sort of a regional hub. You know, you have entrepreneurs across the continent who are interested in making sure that their products can scale across the continent. They need timely research to do all this. So in terms of the economic upside, I think it speaks for itself. And that's it for this mini-series. On the next Unachua series, Mwihaki Mondia will have a minimum actionable response to the question, could the adoption of indigenous Bracaria grass be a game changer for livestock farmers in sub-Saharan Africa? But in the meantime, this is where we invite your input. Click on the Unajua link in the show notes. Leave us a 60-second voice note with your reaction to this episode. Or you can tweet us using the hashtag Unajua series or leave us a DM at African Tech Roundup. So again, do that. Head up to africantechroundup.com slash Unajua. That is U-N-A-J-U-A. And one last thing. We are currently pushing to enlist our first thousand premium members. Become a premium member today by clicking the Patreon tab on our webpage. All right, that's it for now. Take it easy.